You're listening to Get Fed Today, one podcast designed to provide the Christian a hearty Bible study five days a week. While our mission is to showcase a variety of different Bible teachers, if you want to access more content from a particular pastor, simply listen to the end of the episode for additional information. On behalf of the entire team at Get Fed Today, it is our prayer that today's episode encourages your growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the good news that we have to share with the world. The news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Lord, we pray that today, as we look again at this momentous event, this event, that our hearts will be stirred by your Holy Spirit. And may we get a fresh and a new excitement and joy over the fact of the resurrection. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. The night that Jesus was betrayed, arrested, and sentenced by the council to be worthy of death, He was with his disciples before his being arrested in the garden. They were having what is traditionally called the Last Supper. He was heavy in heart and spirit. He knew the cup that he was going to drink. He knew the dis... He was heavy in heart and spirit. He knew the cup that he was going to drink. He knew the disappointment that they were going to experience. The devastation that they would feel when they saw him hanging dead upon the cross. It was a solemn moment. He had told them, I'm going away and... Where I'm going, you can't come now. Peter said, Lord, where are you going that I can't come? I'll I'll go with you even to death. And Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster even crows, you will have denied me three times. But let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, now believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, then I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And where I'm going, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And then Jesus a little later said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will pray the Father and he will give to you another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, that he may abide with you forever, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, but you see him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. 
Yet in a little while the world will see me no more. But you see me, and because I live, you too shall live. Talking about his death, but talking about his resurrection, because I live, you too shall live. People in that day were looking for the Messiah. And they were looking for the signs of the Messiah. Now John, when he writes his gospel, tells us that Jesus did many signs. But John selected certain of the signs that Jesus showed. And he said, but these have I written unto you that ye might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and by believing have life in his name. Jesus did many other things, John said, that I didn't write. But these I wrote, that you might believe that he's the Messiah, and by believing have life. And so John in his gospel selected certain of the events of the life of Jesus signs that showed that he was the Messiah in the second chapter he tells us how that Jesus was at a feast a marriage feast in Cana of Galilee and how when they ran out of wine Jesus miraculously turned water into wine showing his power over the elements. We are told also there in chapter 2 that when Jesus came into the temple, he saw the merchandising, commercializing of the things of God, and he drove them out. Angry, he said, It is written, My Father's house shall be a call called the house of prayer to all people you've made it a den of thieves and as he was driving out the merchants the disciples remembered the scripture concerning the Messiah that said the zeal of the house of the Lord has eaten him up and they saw as he was responding and reacting to the commercialism within the temple John then told us how that when Jesus was in Cana of Galilee, there was a nobleman who came to him because his son was dying. And Jesus spoke the word of faith, saying, Your son is whole. The next day when he got home, this was 20 miles away in Capernaum, and when he got back to Capernaum, they said, your child is well. And he said, what time did he mend? And they said, well, tomorrow, yesterday afternoon at about 2 o'clock. And he says, yeah, that's just the time. So Jesus healed him from a distance, showing that time and space are nothing to him. He's above them. He transcends them. John tells us how that Jesus was in Jerusalem at the pool of Bethesda and there was a man lying there who had been lying there for years 
There was a tradition that whenever the waters of the pool were troubled, whoever was first into the water would be healed of his ailment. And Jesus saw this lame man lying there and he said, would you like to be healed? And he said, well, I've got a problem. I, I'm, I'm so crippled that when the waters are troubled as I'm trying to struggle in, someone always beats me to it. I don't have anyone to throw me in, you know, when the waters get troubled. And Jesus said, take your cot and go home. And instantly the man was healed. John tells us how that Jesus was there by the Sea of Galilee near the city of Bethsaida. And it was toward evening and there were thousands of people that had been listening as he taught the word. Five thousand men beside women and children. And it was late in the day and he didn't want to send them home hungry lest they would faint. And so he said to his disciples, Give them something to eat. And they said, you've got to be kidding, Lord. Where are we going to get food for the people out here? He said, well, what do you have? And he said, well, there's a little boy here with five loaves and two fish, but what's that? With this huge crowd. Jesus said, have them sit down on the grass. And they sat down and he took the five loaves and the two fish. He blessed it. He gave them to his disciples and said, now distribute to the people and John said they all ate until they were glutted. I mean, they just didn't snack. They ate. And then they gathered up 12 baskets of fragments that were left over. Again, showing his power over nature, over the elements. John tells us how he walked on the water. How he calmed the storm. Not only did Jesus do many signs proving that he was the Messiah, but Jesus made some radical claims concerning himself. Claims that would be totally inappropriate for anyone who wasn't the Messiah. Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Jesus said, I do always those things that please the Father. Jesus said that the Father had sent him into the world to save the world. Jesus said, if I set you free... You are free indeed. Jesus said, if you keep my sayings, you will never die. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus said, I am the door to the sheepfold. If any man tries to come in any other way, he's a thief and a robber. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you eat of me, you will live forever. Jesus said that he had the power to lay down his life and to take it up again. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I give my life. I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power 
to take it up again. Jesus said that he was the good shepherd who would give his life for the sheep. Jesus said that he and the Father were one. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And if you live and believe in me, you will never die. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And then in our text, in John 14, Jesus said, Because I live, you too shall live. Radical claims. Imagine someone standing before you and saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And if you live and believe in me, you will never die. Then he had the audacity to say to Martha, Do you believe this? Radical, Lord. You say, well, Chuck, doesn't that sort of discount the words of Jesus? Look how many people have believed in him and who have died. That sort of discredits what he said well I believe in him and I am not going to die you say well, that discredits you now Jesus when he talked about death was talking about spiritual death not physical death he didn't say we're going to go on living in these bodies forever. You see, you look at me and you say, well, you're getting old, man. <laughs> Signs of age. You're not long for this old planet. You say you're never going to die. Come on. It's quite possible that you will pick up the paper one of these days and read Chuck Smith died. That's typical poor reporting. That's the press for you. <laughs> if they are going to be accurate, they must write, Chuck Smith moved out of an old, mildewed, worn-out tent into a beautiful new mansion. For Paul the Apostle said, we know that when these tabernacles, these bodies, these tents in which we presently live, Go back to dust. That we have a building of God that's not made with hands, that's eternal in the heavens. So then, we who are in these bodies do often groan, earnestly desiring to move out of them, not to be an unembodied spirit, but I want to move into that new body that I have in heaven. For we know that as long as we are living in these bodies, we are absent from the Lord. But we would choose rather to be absent from these bodies 
that we might be present with the Lord. Yes, one of these days I'm going to move. Kay will be sending out change of address cards to you. As I move out of the old tent into the building of God, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Die? No. I'll never be separated from my Father and from my Father's love. Because Jesus has promised, if you live and believe in me, you'll never die. When Jesus came to the temple and sort of drove out the commercialism, the merchants and the money changers, the chief priest and the scribes came to him and they said, What sign do you show us seeing you do these things? Yes, this is an action of the Messiah, but what sign do you show us? And Jesus said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will rebuild it. They said, We've been building this thing for 46 years, and you say you're going to rebuild it in three days? Who do you think you are? But John tells us that Jesus was talking about the temple of his body that they would destroy. They were going to put it on the cross. And in three days, he would rise again. Matthew tells us that on another occasion, the scribes came to Jesus and they said, We would like to see a sign from you. Jesus answered, A wicked and an adulterous generation seeks after a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus said the ultimate sign. Now, he did lots of signs. But the ultimate sign would be his resurrection from the dead. That will be the ultimate sign. Over and over, Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going to be turned over to the hands of the Gentiles. They were going to crucify him. But the third day, he would rise from the dead. And over and over, he predicted his resurrection on the third day. That third day, that would be the ultimate sign that he is the Messiah. Easter Sunday would be the big showdown. It's time to put up. Or it's all over. If Jesus does not rise from the dead on the third day, then all of the other signs are invalidated. And all of the claims of Jesus are bogus. If he does not rise. Now, with everything he had done and said, hanging on his resurrection on the third day, don't you think that the disciples would have all been there sitting outside of the tomb on that third day to see what was going to happen? I mean, this is it. Interesting. None of them were there. 
Early in the morning, the ladies were headed to the tomb, but not to see resurrection. They were weeping, they were mourning, they were taking spices that they might anoint the body of Jesus. It was all over as far as they were concerned. They'll pay their last respects, they will do their last little deed of love. But they had no hope of the resurrection. The disciples didn't believe that he would rise from the dead. When they saw him die, they were so overcome, they were so overwhelmed, they thought it's all over, that's it, all of the claims are false. He's not the Messiah. We were deceived. And even when Mary came back and said, I saw Jesus, he's alive. He talked to me there in the garden. They didn't believe her. We read about the two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus. As they were walking along, Jesus joined with them and said, What happened, fellas? You look horrible. Why are you so glum as you're walking along and talking with each other? And they said, Are you a stranger around here? Don't you know the things that have been happening the last few days in Jerusalem? So what things? What are you talking about? Oh, there was a man named Jesus. He was from Nazareth. He went around doing good, healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. And we had hoped that in him was the salvation of Israel. But they put him to death. And this is the third day. Oh, there were some women who came back from the tomb this morning who said the tomb was empty, but they didn't see him. And Jesus turned to them and said, Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that God has written concerning the Messiah. And he opened up the scriptures beginning with Genesis and going through the Old Testament, showing them all of the scriptures that spoke of the Messiah's death suffering and resurrection when they got to Emmaus he acted as though he was going to continue on the path and they said oh no it's getting too late come on in abide with us it's getting evening and Jesus went in and as he broke the bread they recognized him you see as he went through all of the scriptures he no doubt went through that scripture. They pierced his hands and his feet. And as he broke the bread, they saw the pierced hands and suddenly they realized. And no sooner did they realize that it was Jesus than he disappeared. And they ran back to Jerusalem to the other disciples and they said, The Lord's alive. He is risen indeed. He appeared to us on the road to Emmaus and the other disciples said, ah, no. And they didn't believe. Mark tells us that that evening, as the disciples were gathered together and they sat at meat, Jesus upbraided them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. 
because they believed not those that had seen him after he was risen. What's it take? Here is the ultimate sign. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Jesus declared, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. It's interesting that the enemies of Jesus remembered his promise to rise. They came to Pilate and they said, you know, when this deceiver was alive, he talked about rising from the dead on the third day. So we want you to seal the tomb and put a guard there to just make sure that, you know, he stays there. The disciples don't steal his body or something. Pilate said, you make it just as sure as you can. In other words, I'm not going to do it. You, if you want to... Seal it. You go ahead. Make it as sure as you can. But you see, they remembered the words of Jesus. Interesting that the disciples, his followers, didn't seem to remember him saying that he would rise again. But now, he is risen. The ultimate sign of his messiahship the only sign that will be given to the world, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. What does it mean? It means that Jesus is the promised Messiah. He passed the supreme test. He fulfilled the ultimate sign. It means that all of his claims are true. All who believe in him will be forgiven all of the sins they've ever committed. We will not perish because of our sins, but we have the gift of eternal life. The promises of Jesus are valid, and because he lives, we too shall live. We will live with him in the kingdom of God, world without end. No wonder we get excited at Easter time for we celebrate the living hope that God has given to us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead as Peter later wrote thank God we've been born again and we have a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead of an inheritance that is incorruptible undefiled that fades not away that is reserved in heaven for you who are being kept by the power of God through faith. Yes, Jesus is the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world, and he will save all who will come unto God by him. To those that believe, eternal life. After upbraiding his disciples, Mark tells us that Jesus then said, Go into all the world and preach this good news to every creature. And he who believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. 
And so that's where it lies today. Those who believe it and have the hope of eternal life, those who do not believe it and are living without hope and without Christ in this world. I'm so glad I have the living hope because of the resurrection. So we pray. Father, we thank you that through the resurrection all of the claims of Jesus were validated. All of the signs confirmed. And we know and are certain in the one in whom we believe that he indeed is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, sent by God to redeem mankind from sin and its penalty. And so once again, on this beautiful day, we rejoice in the empty tomb. We rejoice in the validation of our Savior. He's all he said he was. For he did all he said he would do. Even to the conquering of death. Lord, we pray for those today who do not know the joy of Easter that they might come to know it through Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. So we stand. Believe it or not. The interesting thing is that whether you believe it or not doesn't really alter the fact it is. Jesus is risen whether you believe it or not. Your believing or not doesn't change that one iota. The fact of the resurrection as the writer of Acts said he showed himself alive after his death with many infallible proofs. Now you might like being miserable. You might like being in the bondage of sin and hopeless state. So you say I don't want to believe it. I like being sad. <laughs> Maybe you wonder why we say Happy Easter and we're all excited and we smile. Because it is a day in which God confirmed with the indisputable evidence that he loved the world and sent his son to save us from our sins. You can know Jesus as your Savior. You can know what it is to have the joy of Easter, the risen Lord within your heart as we sang, I know he lives. He lives within my heart and he will live within your heart and life if you'll just open the door. I would encourage you to go back to the prayer room. Pastors and counselors will be back there to pray with you. And this can be the greatest Easter you ever had in your entire life. And you say, yeah, now I know why they say Happy Easter. It is. Glorious day. 
the day I discovered life, eternal life, in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Chuck Smith. If you enjoy the message, you can access more of Pastor Chuck's teaching ministry by visiting pastorchuck.org.